You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode six, Finding Consistency. Today's episode is all about finding consistency. We have spent the first five episodes talking about the power of small and simple things. The only way those small and simple things turn into something great is when they are practiced with consistency. Imagine that you've planted the seeds of what you want to grow in your life. The act of watering your seeds is so small and easy, but can you do it every day? That's when you'll see the magic start to happen. So how do you find consistency with those small things? We're going to talk about the four different personality types for habits, why making the decision once is far better than using willpower, the importance of knowing why you do something, and most importantly, the absolute necessity for learning to forgive yourself in this oft-times bumpy road to finding consistency. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone who has already left a review for this podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much. When you start a new podcast, reviews are one of the most important ways to grow because it helps the podcast show up in iTunes when other people are searching for a new podcast. This week's review of the week comes from Kai South. Kai says, Brooke has a beautiful gift for teaching. If what she says resonates with you, it's because the principles she teaches are tried, true, and timeless. They have been around since the creation of the world and speak to our soul. They are eternal truths that will never change. Brooke has a fresh perspective as she integrates her own life experiences into her teaching practices with an emphasis on God's role in our progression. I've taken two of her online classes and both have brought greater clarity to what I want out of my days and how to take action to become the person I want to be. I love that her podcasts aren't long and drawn out. Each one is planned and prepared, and you can tell from her content and delivery that there is great purpose in her messages. Well worth the listen. Thank you so much, Kai. I love that you've picked up on the timelessness of the principles that we talk about here. Whether you listen to a newly released episode or you find this podcast years down the road, that indeed is my hope that it will always ring true. That's the beauty of learning from gospel principles. They never change. (laughs) If you have benefited in any way from this free content, will you please help me spread the word by leaving an iTunes review so more people have a chance of finding the podcast. In your review, please share one takeaway that you've experienced so far. And if you don't know how to leave a review, check the show notes of this episode. It's a great way to show your support to keep the podcast going. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. So consistency. I don't know how many times I have wished for more consistency in my life. (laughs) Looking back through the years, I see plenty of periods where I was really disciplined, followed by plenty of periods where I kind of got knocked off the wagon, so to speak. I may start a good habit like waking up early every morning only to get sick and take a few days off and I never quite get started again. Or maybe I went on vacation and traveled time zones, or maybe I have an interruption from kids, or maybe I simply don't feel like doing it. Or I start to feel too restricted in the structure of doing the same thing every day. So I stop the pattern and before I know it, months have passed and I remember, oh yeah, I should really start doing that thing again. (laughs) There are plenty of habits that we all want and need to begin to implement with consistency into our life. 
I'm going to quickly insert here that just like we talk about in episode five, line upon line, those habits are more likely to stick if you add them in slowly one at a time and you give yourself time to acclimate to the new practice that you want in your life. Anytime that you introduce any type of change into your life, you will absolutely experience disruption. We humans have a homeostasis that we settle into. And even if that homeostasis is dysfunctional, it's what we know and it's what is comfortable and familiar and we have adapted to it. So when we introduce change, even if it's change for the better, remember it will feel out of sync with your current patterns. Take heart and know that if you push onward with some consistency, that the new change that you want to introduce will eventually become your new homeostasis. That is what we want to have happen. Contrary to popular belief, it takes much longer than 21 days to create a habit. Studies show that it's closer to 66 days. That's over two months. Give yourself some grace during this period and know that if you can set your expectations to something closer to that, then you'll be more likely to keep the habit that you're wanting to introduce. So let's get to the how. To begin with, I want to share with you a concept that I discovered in Gretchen Rubin's book, Better Than Before. Gretchen has been studying happiness and habits for many years. And in this awesome book, she classifies people into four different types of habit keepers or habit tendencies. What I love most about this is the truth that we are not the same. What works for me may not work for you. And what works for someone else may not work for me. I'm going to summarize Gretchen's four habit tendencies really quickly. There's four. First is the upholder. Second, the questioner. Third, the rebel. And fourth, the obliger. So first, the upholder. Upholders are astute rule followers. They are self-motivated and they can set a goal and their own commitment is enough to keep them going. They really don't like making mistakes, getting blamed, or failing to follow through, even if that's failing to follow through to themselves. Questioners will follow a rule or guideline only if it makes sense for them. They're very motivated by seeing good reason for a particular course of action. They really don't like spending time and effort on activities that they don't agree with. Rebels tend to rebel <laughs> against rules or guidelines. They're very motivated by a sense of freedom of self-determination. They really don't like being told what to do and they want to do things in their own way. Obligers are motivated by accountability. They will adhere to a rule or guideline if someone else is holding them to it. They really don't like being reprimanded or letting others down. So understanding this is important because if you want to motivate yourself or someone else to do something, it's key to know how a person will consider and act upon that request or order. Of all these four tendencies, the least common is the rebel. The second least common is the upholder. Most people are going to fall into the questioner or the obliger tendencies. Let me provide a little context. I am 100% an upholder. I love rules. I am self-directed and self-motivated. And if I commit myself to doing something like quitting sugar for a year, I'm going to uphold it because I set the rule for myself. 
Now, last week I rode in a 70 mile bike race and my training partner, she is very much an obliger. She has told me that she needs someone else to commit to something with her in order to follow through. She will sign up for a 70 mile bike race with her friends. She's the one who invited me to do it with her. <laughs> she will register for an in-person yoga class and she will attend because she promised the teacher or she promised other friends that she would show up. I, on the other hand, stream yoga on my TV and I do it at home because I made a promise to myself to do it and I hold myself accountable. My husband, he's a questioner. He will commit to something only after extensive questioning and extensive research. And if he is determined that this course of action is what makes sense for him to follow, we all have a little of each of these tendencies inside of us, but we certainly have a dominant tendency as well. I have found it's super helpful to surround myself with people who are different tendencies. Me being an upholder, a common experience is that I could totally commit myself to some type of new habit change just because I read one article on why I should do something and then I commit. So my husband, as the questioner, he's really good to remind me to question whether I really need to jump all in just from reading one point of view. And while I would still go on bike rides to train for my race by myself, my obliger friend makes my rides 100% more fun and enjoyable. I have another friend who's a rebel and she is a great influence upon me when I start to get too structured or too routine in my life. She reminds me that I can rebel against my own structure and I can change things up when I need to. Knowing where you fall in these tendencies is helpful in setting some expectations around your own journey to finding consistency. It can help you strategize what will help you stay the course in a way that supports you. If you know that you're an obliger, you can create a habit from the very beginning that includes expectations to other people. If you're a questioner, you can give yourself some time to figure out which way is really going to be best for you. And if you're a rebel, consider brainstorming some variety in the many different ways a habit could be practiced. So you can pick and choose and not feel like you're being controlled by one way of doing something. Second tip on the path to finding consistency is your relationship with willpower. Willpower is finite. It runs out at some point. <laughs> Years ago, I heard a quote that said, doing is easy. Deciding is hard. In essence, if you have to make a decision every single day on whether or not you're going to do something, you're relying on willpower to save you. Instead, if you make the decision once, then doing becomes easy. There have been periods of my life where I have been so incredibly awesome at getting up early in the morning, and then something will happen, like I will travel, or sick kids will keep me up late at night, or I'll just get out of my pattern. And if I get out one day, I find that I begin to revert back to making the decision on a daily basis. I ask, should I get up this morning or not? And when I have to make the choice at 5.45 a.m. in a warm bed, there is no question what my answer is going to be. I'm staying in bed. The times that I am most successful at my habit of getting up early consistently is when I have already made the choice and I don't decide over and over again each morning, whether or not to follow through. 
Third tip is the importance of knowing why you do something. What is your real motivation? Not just a superficial motivation, but a deep motivation that orients you to why you must show up and follow through. This concept reveals why doing something just because you should is not sustainable. If I want to have a habit of reading my scriptures every day because I believe it's something that I should do, then I'm not going to get very far. And worse yet, I'll likely start to feel guilt about not being perfectly consistent. But what happens when I find my why? When I figure out why I should read my scriptures? One of my best exercises to find your why for any habit is to ask yourself three times why you do something. Every time you ask this question, you take it one level deeper. For example, why do I read scriptures? Because prophets tell me to. (laughs) Let's take this deeper. Why do the prophets tell me to? Because it will bring me closer to the Lord. Let's take it deeper again. Why will it bring me closer to the Lord? Because reading the scriptures opens my heart. It helps me feel the spirit. It helps me hear direction from God for my own life and to feel his love for me. This why is a whole lot more motivating than doing something because I should or because someone else tells me to. Maybe it's a goal to exercise every day. Why do I exercise? So I can be fit. Let's take it deeper. Why do I want to be fit? So I can have more energy. Let's take it deeper again. Why do I want more energy? So I can have clarity in my mind and heart and happily serve my family and those around me. What a far more powerful and deeper why than simply exercising to be fit. When you have a strong why, you have a deeper motivation and commitment to finding consistency in your habits. When I took Michael Hyatt's goal setting course, finding your why for every single goal is part of the tried and true process of goal setting. It's fundamental to follow through and building the consistency needed to bring about great things. Michael Hyatt reminds us in his class that when we do feel discouraged or like we aren't making the progress that we want to, he tells us to go back and read the why that we wrote down by our goal. Sometimes we forget and being reminded is a really great way to to restore the spark again. Finally, my fourth tip is the glorious principle of forgiveness. More than anything else, I have found forgiveness to be the most important principle to helping me find consistency. Because guess what? I totally mess up sometimes. (laughs) True confession. I told you in episode two that I had set the goal to quit sugar for the entire year of 2018. And while I have done impressively well at this goal, I'll be honest, there have been a few times that I have gone searching for my long lost chocolate stash and stolen some pieces of chocolate. In the past, I would have had a fail day and I would have given up. I would have wallowed in my weakness and looked at the evidence and I would decide I just didn't have what it takes. I proved I couldn't do it, so I might as well give up. One of my favorite parts of practicing meditation has been the built-in practice of forgiveness that comes with it. 
when you meditate, if you get distracted, you're taught to immediately forgive yourself and refocus again. And let me tell you, my mind can totally get distracted. So every day as I meditate, I get daily practice at quickly forgiving myself over and over again. The meditation that I love the most is the one I mentioned in episode four. I repeat the mantra, I love and accept you, and then you state your name. I have said, I love and accept you, Brooke, millions of times at this point. It makes forgiving myself a whole lot easier and faster. And when I can forgive myself, I can start over and I can try for consistency all over again without getting knocked off the path for long stretches of time. I had one fail day on my sugar goal in March when I ate some chocolate. And I had one fail day in April and one day in May. It wasn't a binge. It was just a square two of chocolate. And guess what? I forgave myself and quickly refocused on my goal again. I didn't wallow in guilt. I recommitted and said, I love and accept you, Brooke. And I reminded myself of my why, and I quickly got on track again. Forgiveness is pretty much the most awesome thing ever. The Lord instantly forgives us the moment that we ask. When we can in turn learn to be just as quick at forgiving ourselves, the road to consistency becomes well-trodden and familiar. And in time, those small and simple things have indeed turned into something great. Before I close, I'd like to share one more story of finding consistency that I'm working on right now. Two years ago, I committed myself to teach piano lessons to my son. We started lessons, but we were totally hit and miss. He did not progress very much. Suddenly, I remembered something that I had learned from teaching over 200 piano students years ago when I was in high school and college. Over and over, I would see students show up each week for a lesson having not practiced at all, or maybe they put in one day of practice for the week. And even though they came to a lesson, they didn't progress very fast. In frustration, I would promise them that if they would put in even five minutes of daily practice, it would be far more effective than one day of 30 minutes. Neely Maxwell is attributed to have said, steady devotion is better than periodic exhaustion. Consistency builds. Consistency is sustainable. Consistency proves that slow and steady really does win the race. So with this new vision in mind of what can happen with small and simple things practiced over time, I recommitted to a daily lesson with my son. I was astounded at the progress. His lessons were really short. I only asked him to play his song three times each, and then he was done. Because I'm the live-in teacher and we have daily lessons, I could pass him off and move him onward to the next song as soon as he was ready. Before we knew it, he had progressed two levels in only one school year. Small and simple, coupled with the power of consistency, brings about great things. And yet, (laughs) we had cousins visit in May, and I let him take the week off of piano. And then my final book manuscript came due, and then it was the last week of school, and nearly a month passed with no piano lesson or practice. But guess what? I know my why. I have already made the decision once, so I don't have to decide every day. And I am also really good at forgiveness. 
We started lessons again for the summer and we are happily committed to consistency once again. Most of us aren't perfect at consistency and we have periods where things may go off course for a bit. I promise you that if you design your own approach to your habits and goals in a way that supports your natural tendencies, if you make the decision once, if you know your why, and if you practice forgiveness, you will have everything you need to be consistent. Or maybe more accurately, you'll have everything you need to be consistent again. In truth, the principle of consistency is more about rising after you fall than the illusion of never falling. If you can be consistent in that, then you can master anything. Imagine your life with the consistency to rise and begin again and again and again and look forward with faith. You can find show notes for this episode on my website, brooksnow.com. In quick news, registration for my Christian meditation class opens this Wednesday, June 13th. I think I've mentioned the power of meditation in pretty much every single episode. So if you feel called to explore this amazing tool and practice for yourself, I invite you to join us. More information will come soon. Thank you so much for listening.